0: Welcome to MotivationAddict.com with Julie Salon. This is where you will find inspiring stories on how to motivate yourself and gain momentum
1: towards success, turning fear into confidence, and how to find divine flow, allowing you to crush your goals. Thank you for being here. And now let's tune
0: in to today's show. Welcome, everyone. This is Julie Salant from Motivation Addict. I am so happy that you're here. I have an amazing show for you today. I am going to be talking with speaker, radio show host, and lover of life, Lorraine Hoving. Uh, when Lorraine turned 60, she realized that she was blessed with 30 more years. Her life was already two-thirds over, and the weight she had vowed to lose, the health she had promised to obtain, came in a big heap of empty promises, and she dug deep. And decided she was 100% responsible for her life. So she faced the trauma of her past and learned to forgive others and began her journey. She has now lost a total of 125 pounds and continues on her path to total health and wellness in her mind and body. And she was blessed with an opportunity to host her own radio show. And it was then picked up by iHeartRadio titled Never Too Late Ever. So I know that you're going to really enjoy this story. Lorraine's got amazing, amazing struggles uh, that she's overcome. Her transformation with weight and self-esteem has been quite profound, and I had a great time talking with her, so I'm sure you'll enjoy Lorraine Hoving, and see you on the inside. I am Julie Salon from MotivationAddict.com. I am so happy to be with Lorraine Hoving. She is a speaker, a radio show host, lover of life. I met Lorraine at the New Media Summit, and I am so honored to have you here. Thank you so much for being here, Lorraine. I'm excited to be here, Julie. Me too. (laughs) So Lorraine's had quite an amazing life so far which she's going to share with us. She has an amazing personal story. I'm looking over here because her bio is just so amazing. I've read it a few times, but I can't get over it, Lorraine. I mean, I'm, I'm being honest with you here. Um, Her motto is never too late ever until it is. And I would love for you to share just a little bit about your, I know you've struggled and transformed with weight, one issue, but also self-esteem issues And maybe we could start with that from maybe when you were younger and how the self-esteem affected you. Let's talk about that first, if that works for you.
1: That works just uh, lovely. And Julie, it is wonderful to be here with you today. I've been looking forward to this. Awesome. Yes. And uh, welcome to everybody out there. So my uh, self-esteem issues began uh, when I was a child. And uh, for the first few years, I was a happy-go-lucky, loved life, loved animals, still do, as you know, Julie. Yes. (laughs) Adored animals, adored people. And then I had some trauma happen in my life, and that was when my uh, father, when I was 11 years old, died uh, suddenly and tragically. I answered the door. Uh I recall it's it's funny. I'm 64 now, but when you remember back uh to when you were 11 years old, you remember exactly how you felt and I remember opening the door to a priest and I knew my world was about to change. Wow. And uh so you see I had a very 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 close relationship with my dad. We you kind do. of spoke yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, yep exactly the same language. We were warm. We loved to laugh. Um, My mom had mom and dad had six children, but I would say that dad and I were kind of the closest we were bonded. I woke up thinking about my dad. I went to bed thinking about my dad. So when he died suddenly, which is is traumatic in itself because one day you say goodbye to him. And uh, I mean, I remember saying goodbye to him the, the morning and then he never comes back again. So my world changed when he died because I had an older brother, and I think perhaps now, in looking back, he maybe was uh, jealous of the relationship I had had with daddy. But it became his mission in life to kind of bully me uh, verbally. And so I remember we lived in a house, and it had been added on several times. And he used to say, and I was maybe ten, five maybe even 10 pounds overweight at that time. He'd call me fatty, fatty, two by four, can't get through the bathroom door. And as a child, you don't understand these messages. And I used to remember looking at the bathroom door and I'm thinking, because it was narrow, because we had added on so many times, I thought, what if I don't ever fit? And it was like, almost like a, a self, a prophecy into, I accepted what he was saying to me. So every time I ate a crumb, (sighs) <sighs> would tease me anything I would do and my daddy and I always ate ice cream every single night I missed it so much so that I would ended up sneaking ice cream down to my bedroom hiding the bowl underneath my bed and then in the morning waiting to hear if Albert was up and then going up the stairs and knowing which sto- uh, stairs crack so I wouldn't wake him up I could wash my bowl because if he had found out I was eating, he would tease, tease me. And it's almost like he'd stand on the porch sometimes and, and yell things about me. He chased me around the, the uh, block with uh, snakes. Wow. Um, people even now, now say, oh, I remember he was really nasty to you. So it was not my imagination. But what, what I'm saying is when I started sneaking food, I think that's where my weight problem began, because when you do things in secret, we are as sick as our secrets, and I kept that secret, so I would hide, and I would eat, and so the little girl that was happy, loved life, suddenly was beginning to disappear, and I began to put layers and layers on. Yes. So that's where my self-esteem issues became because a a lot of uh, uh, our issues stem in childhood because we don't have the capacity to figure things out on our own. And if we have an adult that maybe didn't learn it as a child themselves, then we're stuck trying to figure this out. And I have a bully brother that tells me I'm worthless and I'm beginning to believe him. Wow. yeah, yeah. So that's the start
0: of my self-esteem issues. And let yeah. me just let me just in, in mm-hmm. say one thing here, um, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I don't want to forget. So being empathic, as I believe you are, I am, being intuitive and sensitive to other people made it tremendously worse, number one. And number two, I don't know if you know this, but you probably do, empaths and sensitives put on weight as an unconscious protection when they're feeling stressed because they feel like that's their only armor that they have.
1: Right. And I bet
0: you were also doing that because it was a lot. Sometimes it might've been unconscious. Your dad was gone. You were missing that time. You were trying to recreate it and you didn't have the tools. So all that combined is kind of like, what do I do now? And you're you're young. You're just a kid. I mean, 11 years old. Right. Right. And you can't figure it out for yourself. So you begin to hide.
1: And by hiding, the food became my comfort right. that was my comfort that was my connection with my daddy yep. um, that's what we enjoyed together and uh, so i began to put as i say layers on and it, yes. it was literally layers of fat but i began to pad my heart and keep yes. it safe
0: because yes. it hurt yeah yes so going into adulthood did you still keep the weight on what did that look like Okay,
1: so uh, when my brother started teasing me, I was maybe 10, 15 pounds overweight. So then I met my husband, um, and I would say I lost about 10 pounds for the wedding. So I had told him, and I've been married to my husband for 42 years. (laughs) Nice job. Awesome. Yes, yes, and he has loved me through thick and thin, literally. Uh, That's nice. Uh, Yes, but anyways, I said to him, the first Christmas, I said, okay, I'll have the, I had lost 10 for the wedding, and I had about another 15. I said, okay, by Christmas time, I'll have the extra 15 off. Well, instead, I probably had another 15 or 20 on, and then I had children, and so I uh, began to climb up the scale, and I reached my highest at 275 pounds, which is an incredible amount of weight on a five foot one frame, very small, tiny frame. Right. And, um, but I believe it began with losing my dad and trying to cope with a brother. I began to hide. So, so even though I knew my husband loved me, I had I had this issue from childhood that I was still carrying on. So it's when I turned sixty. Uh, which is four years ago, I realized, and i 'd gone up and down the scale up and down uh, through the years i 'd lose twenty i 'd lose thirty and I, even once I lost a hundred but I would self sabotage um, Julie because i hadn 't dealt with the issue of the self esteem from my childhood i hadn 't dealt with the issue with my brother, so no matter what I would do when i I remember losing the hundred pounds, all of a sudden it 's like oh, oh my gosh, I'm showing for the world. I felt almost naked. And so I started putting the weight back on because I wasn't comfortable with looking at me and knowing that. Because I hadn't dealt with anything inside. So when I turned 60, it was like I woke up, it was a wake-up call because I realized if I lived to be 90 and was blessed to be 90, two-thirds, two-thirds of my life was over. And it was like, Oh my gosh, because we can't do anything about time. It right. is going to tick whether we make the right choice or we make the wrong choice. It's going to tick and tick. And I looked in the mirror and I said to, to myself, because I wanted to be honest, because when you're hiding, you also hide the truth. Right. I don't want to believe. I would not look at mirrors because I didn't want to, I didn't want to see myself. So I, I, looked up what it meant to be morbidly obese and I realized and this was another sobering time in my life I realized I was morbidly obese and I told myself that I took took my clothes off and I looked at myself and I said Lorraine this is the truth what are you going to do about it wow. and so I began to look online for classes in like personal development and emotional intelligence, and I found a, a course uh, where it, it's kind of experimental, where you, they take you back to your past, and I got to go back to my past and tell my brother that I was angry. I had told him in his life before he passed away that I had forgiven him, but. I don't believe I genu- genuinely had until I ac- actually expressed that I was angry at him. I, you, I got to say it freely. I wow. am angry at you. I got to scream at him and say, you, you made me feel like nothing. I, it, it, and in that exercise, I began to forgive him. In fact, I did forgive him. And then the greatest thing is somebody said to me, Lorraine, you have somebody else to forgive. And I said, oh, no, I I'm wrong. I forgive <laughs> my whole entire life. <laughs> and they kept pushing. And suddenly I began to weep because I realized I had to forgive myself. Right. Because carrying that weight with two wonderful children and a husband I had caused some pain for them, and I needed to forgive myself um, I like facing yourself, this is the reality, Lorraine. You really did cause pain for other people. It was not that I felt guilty or because this is what I used to say well, it was just my journey. I would just put it back it was just my journey, so i don 't need to forgive myself or anything it was just it's just the way it happened. No, I needed to to forgive myself for robbing my children of a mother that could hike or a mother that could be. I remember being in the ski lodge and they'd be up skiing. And I had convinced myself, oh, that's okay. I just really want to read in the lodge while they're up there skiing. I really wanted to be skiing with them. So when I forgave myself, I would believe that's the time I was set free to believe that I am worth it. And we all are intricately, beautifully, uniquely made. Right. So I have every right to believe in myself, just like the the next person does. And so, setting the um, setting myself free was when I forgave myself, and then I began to lose the weight. And I know for certain I will never uh, gain it back. And since then, I've lost. Um, well, a little bit before that too. Since then, I've lost 125 pounds. Wow,
0: good for you! Thank That's you. That's awesome, awesome. And I can say because I've seen your before and after picture, amazing. Yes, I mean, amazing. It's like a whole other person came out. And I feel like maybe a lot of times, unconsciously, we take a vow of um, secrecy. It's not safe to be seen. And, and you probably did that because of all you went through with your brother and it wasn't safe and you didn't feel comfortable and confident, obviously. So when you, when you did that and you forgave yourself and forgave your brother, and then you started to lose the weight. Maybe if you could give some tips to the listeners as to how they could transform their lives if they have certain goals that they're going through and they might feel a little bit of uncertainty or have low self-worth and are doubting themselves, what can they do to bring them back to a confident place? Okay, so
1: this is what I, I really believe is the key, is to be raw, have raw honesty with yourself. Uh, so, when I said to myself, Lorraine, you are morbidly obese, I had never wanted to say that. I never wanted to admit it. I ignored the mirrors. So, whatever your issue is, sometimes we want to cover it up or believe that it's not as bad as, you, you know, yes. some, sometimes an alcoholic will say, Well, I don't really have a problem. Right. But until they face that they do have a problem. So I think the first key is being totally 100% honest with yourself where you're at, um, whatever the issue is. Because it doesn't just relate to weight. This relates to so many things. Be honest with yourself. And then this is the other key that I think is, is just absolutely pertinent is to take hundred percent responsibility for yourself. So it's easy for it would be easy for me to see. Well, I'm overweight because my brother bullied me when I was little. Um, my I just have these genes. Yes. Because we're, I was I'm French Canadian and my daddy was a little overweight, so I just have these genes. Yes. So constantly blaming and not. So that comes with honesty too, is taking the responsibility and realizing that you are responsible from here on out. Yeah. Maybe you had things in the past and another good thing is to go back. And, and if you've had some trauma in your childhood is to find out how to deal with that. Right. I would say that for sure. Um, but once you get to that point where you've forgiven back there, that has no power over you. You are the you are the one that holds the keys for your happiness, for your joy, for what you give to others, right. and that sets you free if you can take 100% responsibility. So often we want to take responsibility for other people and not even ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we want to take responsibility for our husband and tell him what he needs to do, but yet we're not taking responsibility for ourselves. Until we do that, it, it's just we're going on a hamster wheel. Right. And once we do that, it sets, it sets the free. So this is how I feel, Julie. I feel like that little girl that went missing somewhere when her brother began bullying her, where she went missing, she is back. And yes. that is the transformation. It's not just the weight. It's that I got my little girl
0: back. Right, right. But I feel if you hadn't walked and hadn't had that journey, you wouldn't be able to touch as many people as you touch because you can say, I've honestly been in your shoes. I know what it's like to be overweight. I know what it's like to carry all this around and to feel not good about yourself. And it goes way deeper than that. Your self-worth and not feeling like you're enough as you are. But also, right. I feel like the 100% taking, taking responsibility for yourself is the most important thing you can do. And I, I feel sometimes that people think that's negative, like um, you're taking on so much of the world on your shoulders. But what it's really doing is, as you just said, it's giving you the freedom to say, I'm in control. I can change this. If I don't mm-hmm. like it, I can make decisions that will better myself, my life, my family. I'm in control for this. I can't right. control everything else, but I can control this part: how I react to things, and what I draw into my life, and all that good stuff. Right?
1: Right, right. And I was brought up in in a fairly religious house, and so it was almost like if we thought about ourselves, I felt selfish. So I shouldn't. I should always be thinking about other people. So it was it was almost drilled in my brain that if I were to think of myself or self-care or anything like that, that would be selfish. But I find the opposite is true. When I think about myself, put myself first in that I am taking care of the emotional, the mental, the physical parts of me, guess what? What happens is you somehow are filled up And now you can give to others. Otherwise, you can't give on an empty cup. Now my cup is full because I know who I am without a doubt. And now I can give to others. And that's the beauty of it.
0: That's awesome. And that's so true because you really need to take care of yourself. I was brought up the same way. So it was kind of like, you know, especially as women too, we're always the ones that we feed everybody and then we eat last. We take care of everyone else and then we eat last. But really, if you're putting something out into the world, even if you're just, even if you're going to a nine to five, let alone being an entrepreneur, you need to fill up your tank, you need to be like a battery, a hundred percent. otherwise, if you're at 10 percent, what can you give to anybody else? Can, right, right, right. So
1: I talk about the battery uh, analogy, <laughs> my iPhone <laughs> right. When the iPhone starts going down in its battery, the functions aren't working properly. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, better shut down.
0: (laughs) Talk to me about your mindset and how your mindset switched. I'd love to know what your mindset was before you switched over and really had that aha and that I'm responsible for myself to what it is today.
1: Okay, my mindset before was kind of on a, I, I would call a survival mode. Mm-hmm. I knew how to go through the functions of life. Uh, you know, I, I have, I've always had a lot of people in my life. And so I knew how to function. And I've been in, you know, I've been in real estate for 17, 18 years and quite successful. So I knew uh, uh, how to give to everybody else. Yeah. Okay, that, that's how I, I've always done it. Um, and, and you're right. I was brought up in that home where I always took care of other people. I, you know, waited, had a foot on my husband.
0: Yes. Yes. Yep. (laughs) No complaint about, but uh, (laughs) yeah, I know what you mean.
1: (laughs) So, uh, constantly, uh, putting others, people before myself. So I would be the last on the totem pole. And even though I was functioning, which we all can do in that mode, I was not happy. I was not fulfilled. uh, I was not confident. I would walk in a room, especially when I was way overweight, I'd walk in a room and I would just feel awkward. Um, And so I learned to compensate sometimes with my humor. Uh, I'm a very bubbly person, so I'd overcompensate on my bubbliness because I've I I've, I've got to get draw them in that way because of, of my appearance. And so I used a lot of coping mechanisms for what was missing, for the hole that was here. So that's kind of my you know, pre-mindset before I began to go through uh, the trauma of visiting my past and feeling like I was set free. Um, and so now it's just, uh, I would say on a daily basis, Uh, a a daily um, basis. I work on letting myself know that I am worthy just like anybody else. So one thing I really would recommend to all of you listeners out there is watch your self-talk because our self-talk tells us a lot about how we are feeling about ourselves. So I make sure when I start thinking something negative about myself, I, It's almost like a tape recorder. I take out the tape really quickly and put in the one that I know is right and is honest and where I am. And I will look in the mirror and I say, Lorraine, you are beautiful. You have a purpose. You serve others. And uh, so I would say... Before, I, I didn't know how to take the tape recorder out of my head. It was just running, running, running. I could be so nice to other people. Even I, I would notice that um, my Weight Watchers meeting, if somebody else lost, didn't lose weight, I'd be there, encourage them and say, you can do it, you can do it. But if I did it, you cannot do it. You've never been able to, you know, this horrible negative thing that we do to ourselves.
0: Yes. And so
1: what I've noticed since going through this, I can turn off that tape recorder almost immediately. I don't let it run in my head before. As before, I let it run in my head because I believed it. Right. No, you really are not worthy. You really will not lose weight. No, you are the one person in the whole world created to be fat. That's what I would say to myself. Now, I just take the take it off. And I think if we do things more immediate, oh, I'm in negative thinking. Forget it. Right. I'm, and put the positive back in. So right. that's how I changed my mind, and uh, because I believe it with all my heart.
0: And you're so right about that because a lot of us have an unconscious tape that runs all the time. You know, like you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You'll never be able to do this. You'll never get that job. You'll never whatever you, you want it to be. And as you're right, I would say these things to myself, and all the time, 24/7. And I wouldn't say that to anybody. I would never. I, I mean, I would never say the things. I would never be so mean as what I'm hearing in my head to myself. Right, right.
1: The nasty right? things. The nasty things we say to ourselves. I guarantee we wouldn't say to our worst enemy. I wouldn't say to somebody that's fallen. Well, you stupid person. You, yeah. you're, you're never gonna make it. You're never gonna get up. Right. Failure. You might as well give up. And that's what we say to ourselves and if we are to love ourselves like we love other people in fact we need to love ourselves in yes. order to genuinely love other people we need to begin to say the positive things that are right and truthful because right. that's the truth we're not when, when we're saying those negatives that really is not truth that's why we wouldn't say it to somebody else
0: right so, right yeah. and i i think it's 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 so important because a lot of times this is unconscious, and I guess the first step is noticing it and noticing without judgment. In other words, goes back into forgiving yourself, what you talked about, right? right. You could be saying this to yourself your entire life, and then you just noticed it today. Once you notice it, don't judge it. It's, it's like, just let it go, and then you bring in something positive to replace it, an affirmation. Right. I, I'm beautiful. I can do this. I got this. It's going to be a great day. I think even things like that, that are small, I still have to do that every day. And I mean, talk about that. I guess it's not a one and done thing, right? It's a process that you have to keep doing every day. Is that how you feel about it? Yeah. And this is how I look at it. Uh, Julie, I look at it as a
1: muscle. So a lot of the things that we do in our life, we've done out of habit and, um, so losing all my weight, I've had to go for a trainer. And I've, I've, I often think of the analogies of a muscle. And it doesn't, because I, I, I'm amazed at what she's brought back to my body that I thought was long gone. And so the strength that I've been able to have. But you know what it has? It's taken practice. And as you develop, you learn. And I think, uh, too, as you said, you will learn quicker and react quicker to that negative uh, negativity um, way of thinking, you will respond to it quicker. As you begin to believe in yourself, you'll recognize it. You'll go, Oh no, that's not true. And you'll be able to, and, and like you said, you don't want to judge yourself for it. You just want to move yourself back on, just put yourself back on the right track. As quickly as you can, because that's not truth. Who wants to be in negative and lies? That's not. it, that's what all that is, that's just garbage. Right. And you want to. You want to develop that muscle to move over quicker, and then develop the muscle. If you have to say things, which I actually recommend, is saying things out loud. I say things out loud in the car. I say. I go. I look in the mirror. I, I look at your eyes. Yes. I'm, I love you, Lorraine. I have mantra I say to myself often. If I'm not feeling empowered, I tell myself I am empowered. And so it's a muscle that we continue to develop. And after a while, you will recognize that you don't stay in the negative pattern very, very uh, long because you start to develop this other muscle. So that's
0: kind of how I look at that. That's a good way to do that. That's a good way to do that. And Lorraine, I'd love if you would share with everybody... I just love your mantra. You know, it's never too, it's never too late ever until it is.
1: So, um, so I have a radio show called never too late ever. And, uh, I, I do public speaking and, um, I'm hoping to do some more. I just love, uh, speaking to others and inspiring and motivating them to take action Well, today is still today. So never too late ever means that any day you choose or any, actually any moment you choose, you, your past has nothing to do with your future. So it is totally up to you, 100% responsibility, and it's never too late, ever. So I was talking with um, somebody, and they pointed this out to me, which was really, really helpful, because in my case, this is the truth. So... I have a sense of urgency in that title, Never Too Late Ever. And he said to me, Lorraine, but sometimes it is too late. And I went, wow, Larry, you are right. Sometimes it is too late. So in my case, morbidly means you are dying. So if I hadn't taken care of my weight, then maybe it would have been too late for me. So maybe there's a listener out there that needs to hear this message today. It is never too late as long as you begin the journey today, but it can be too late because for years and years, I said, every new year's resolution, guess what? For 40 years, I'm going, I'm going, this is the way I'm going to lose weight this, you know, this year. So you pretty soon 42 years has passed. Right. So Wherever you are in your journey, begin now. Don't begin tomorrow or Monday. Like I used to always say, okay, Monday, I'm going to start. Oh, no, Tuesday, I'm going to start my diet. Right. Begin today, right now, and then it's never too late, ever. But if we do not take care of some things, it could be too late. But right now, my message is to you all out there, it is never too late,
0: ever. I feel like your mission is the never too late ever until it is, but never too late ever. And you have such a zest for life. I'm, I'm looking over because you have so many good things here to share with us. But the forgiveness part, I'd like to touch on that a little bit more because, and, and what I want to kind of go through is we all say, you know, forgiveness is hard for, I'll take myself as an example. It's hard for me sometimes to forgive people. But then I realized that that's just a mindset. So things can be hard or they can be easy, but they are however you believe them to be or whatever you tell yourself to be. Like, in other words, it's going to be really hard to forgive her. I don't think I can do it. Or you know what? I just decided I can forgive her. Mm -hmm. It's actually a mindset that you have and a switch in your brain that says, I can do this. It's going to be Okay. Yeah. And talk about forgiving yourself because I think sometimes we're the hardest on ourselves, right? As we've said, but we also can say, well, I I could probably forgive myself, but I don't think a lot of listeners, I I know for myself, it's very hard to look in the mirror and say, I love me. I can say that, but I don't really believe that. How do you get to the place where you really believe that and you can forgive yourself and, and really love yourself?
1: Um, I think it it took this friend that I was with who kept prodding and saying, Lorraine, you need to forgive someone else, so that I went so deep within my soul yeah. that I began to uncontrollably weep and lay on the floor and, and genuinely forgive myself. Like, I, I forgive myself. I even, when I say it, I even hug myself. I I love myself. I okay. forgive myself. Yeah. And I know I genuinely have. Uh, I think it's, again, being that raw honesty. Before, I thought I had forgiven myself, and I had covered it up and said, like I said, this has been my journey. This is just the way it's been. And kind of that flippant. And if you can get out of the flippant, and get down real and deep within your soul, forgiveness doesn't, it's easy to say I forgive you, but it's another thing to really forgive yourself or forgive somebody else. It's the same thing with my brother. When I finally felt like I forgave him, I realized that his behavior was not based on hate for me. It was actually based on his own inadequacies in his own personal life. And suddenly I could see it from a different light that maybe he wasn't just, I was not, you know, I was not the victim. He actually was suffering himself. And so when I realized that I could forgive him the same thing with myself. Um, When I realized that, some of the mistakes I've made, the weight I had on came because of the inadequacies of how I felt about me and, and how low I felt on the totem pole. When I realized that I could forgive myself that yes, it was part of my journey and that's who I was, but now I'm a different person, but I think really truly forgiving others or forgiving ourselves takes that raw honesty not that flippant thing that we we do right that that
0: deep down soul searching yeah you have to really let it go and it's life-changing when it happens it's a game changer it took me a long time but I finally did the same thing with somebody that I actually hated and I don't hate a lot of people but this person had caused a lot of struggles between my dad and i and you know i finally just forgave her and i i'm glad i did because in the end it doesn't hurt anybody but yourself they don't right. care they don't feel it but you're the one that's carrying around all this extra baggage and we have enough junk to carry with us right but it shouldn't life's not meant to be like that it's supposed right. to be fun and we're supposed to be here to thrive and flourish and and give to others and serve others versus Oh, you know, all this heavy stuff. And I. how do you feel about mindfulness? And when I say mindfulness, what's helped me is being present. And because I'm one of those people who always thinks three steps ahead, right? Like what's going to happen? What if, what if, and the what if might never come, but when you're fully present, Have you experienced that as being something positive and you've incorporated that into your life and being mindful about kind of who you are as a person and where you are and what you're doing? Absolutely. So
1: uh, I have not, never been one that's very fearful. What if this happens and what if that, but I can get into that and what I've learned that if I do begin to do that, well, like even getting ready for this podcast, I was at my Weight Watchers meeting, how is this going to... I have learned to calm down because I have seen over and over again, if I consistently focus on one thing, things will work out. And what we do is we set ourselves in kind of a, uh, one of those hamster wheels again, where we're going, what if this happens, what happens? And we cannot even enjoy the present minute because all we can think about is what if this happens or what if that happens? That's right, Lorraine. That's right. Or sometimes we're thinking, well, you know, what happened back then, and we're not even present. Yeah. Like right now, Julie, you and I are talking. This is the greatest possibility of this moment, right? Is reaching out to the listeners. And this is our focus. And so I've learned to begin to focus on just what I have right at the present rather than letting my mind and my head go elsewhere. Because a lot of the times, um, and I know listeners will know this. A lot of the times, the things we worried about, by the time we get there, we didn't have to worry about that. So guess what? You took your energy, used it negatively with the people with you that you were present with, that you should have been with. Right. And you sat there and worried and stewed about something that never happened anyways. And, and this is how I look at it. And if it were about to happen then I would problem solve that issue at that time. But don't rob yourself or rob the ones you love by being uh, not available and be, you know, in your head and not
0: present. Right, and, right. And it's like trying to you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a skill, right? Because I've learned I was always three steps ahead and wasn't present in the moment, but I've learned through animals and horses especially that you have to be present if not they'll pull you into the present but it is such a gift to give to yourself because once you're present as you said i always worry about what if but what if may never happen number one and number two when it does you'll deal with it because you'll be present so just right be happy now be in the now not in what was yesterday and not what could be tomorrow just right now give your very best and then it seems like things work out much better for me <laughs> if I'm just in the now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: And this is the beauty of animals. Um, for, uh, unfortunately, my little doggy has gone to doggy heaven. Oh. But the beauty of Bailey oh. was that he was always present. He was never not present when I was, he was never living yesterday are worried about when his food was coming that day. Well, sometimes you worry about <laughs> <food>. <laughs> But he was always present with me. I'd walk in the door, there he was. Yes. And that's the beauty of an animal. They're not worried about yesterday or tomorrow. They're only there right then, and, and, and we can learn from that.
0: Yes, and also the um, acceptance. The acceptance of you, no matter if you have gained extra weight, no matter if you look, you know, your hair is messed up. No, it doesn't matter to them. They are only seeing the heart. And if we can be a little bit more like that and see somebody's heart and the outside doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what they're wearing. And you know, that's been a big thing for me. And I don't know if you've experienced this, but judging people has become a huge I would say more than normal because of social media. Back when we were younger, Mm -hmm. we didn't have social media. We didn't grow up with computers. I'm dating myself, but it's true. I mean, we'd go outside and play, right? Mm -hmm. And now everybody's on their phones and they're showing Instagram pictures and they're perfect and everything and filters. And we judge people really quickly by what we see. But the gift you can give yourself and the other person is to not judge them until you at least know a little bit about them. Don't judge their exterior And I learned that so much at the summit. Lorraine and I were at the New Media Summit. And I swear, Lorraine, every single person I met was amazing. I I mean, amazing. Like their transformations were amazing. And I'd sit next to people and think, well, they look a little disheveled or whatever. What do they have to offer? And then they'd speak and I'd be like, wow, I'm an idiot. Like they're so cool for what they've gone through. Have you ever experienced that in your life where you've judged people? And I think that's because we judge ourselves so harshly. Right. Right. right.
1: Yes. And I went to a a woman's seminar once and you walked into the room and you just kind of sat in a big circle and none of us knew each other. And then we just sat there quietly. They didn't say a word and you just looked around the room and they said, by the time they started 10 minutes later, I bet you've made a hundred Judgments of the people around you, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> I have you know, over there. That person's always had it together. They've always been beautiful. Yep. That person there, I wish they would get their clothing together and look a little more organized. I bet they're just so messy." Yeah, and I, it, it, it was just like that, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, that's so." True, and you are absolutely right, and that's one muscle I'm working on because we so do that, and you are right. In that summit, I i had prejudged people honestly, yeah. and then when we got up to speak. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what they went through, and they look like that. Yeah. I am deep admiration,
0: yeah. And thing
1: I want to say about something that I think is beautiful. I I rose up to 275 um, pounds, and my husband is quite nice looking, and I, I remember a girlfriend seeing him about a year or two ago down in California. She hadn't met him, and she said, well, I'm amazed that your husband stayed with you, and I hadn't even thought about it, and I thought, Wow. There might have been husbands that might have left because of me being 275. I hadn't even thought about it. And so I asked him, I said, Tim, why did you stay with me? Because didn't that you know, drive you crazy? And he said, Lorraine, I never saw the outside. That's just a frame, like you were saying. I saw the heart, and I believe in you. He would when we go into a group of people, I would be dying because of my size and he'd be this is my wife and he was so proud of me. And that's loving somebody for who they are, not how they can make you look. Right. Or yeah, or having any prejudgments, but you are correct we prejudge people and that's a muscle we all need to develop because we do not know what another person sitting in a train or sitting sitting wherever we go in the coffee line we don't know what somebody else has gone through and before we even get to our coffee we've already prejudged them right right and we have no idea and so that is an element of compassion the compassionate muscle that we need to develop to just give everybody a clean slate. Yes. Don't say anything on their slate because I don't want them to do that to me. I don't
0: either. Yeah. And, And I totally get that. And I think that probably maybe just sometimes my insecurity within myself, because sometimes they say that what you don't like in someone else or you criticize them, you're actually thinking yourself. And I hate being judged It's like,
1: Mm -hmm. like
0: I just don't like it because, but I can't stop people from judging me, but it is a muscle that I'm working on because, and that, that summit showed me over and over how wrong I was. And I think it was just driving home, like, just don't judge people. Everyone has something to give and don't put them in the yes or no bucket because you never know who can help you or who you can serve. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah and
1: it's that that clean slate why don't why don't we all just have that clean slate and whatever see sometimes we think oh they would have nothing to give to me or nothing I don't have anything to it and sometimes the very opposite is is the truth of what we thought of them in the first place you go wow and so I think it's a, a, a muscle worth developing and I think it does like you said Julie reflect on how we are feeling about ourselves. So the more we develop our self-esteem, our self-worth, it's not a done battle. You know, every day we're going to struggle a little bit, and but we develop those muscles that'll get us there faster and it'll be a better world.
0: Right, right, right. And maybe just give everybody a pass. I'm thinking just give everybody a pass because I would want to pass and yeah. you just never know. It's so funny because it's, you know, This is another example. When we got to the New Media Summit, we all had our books. I'm sharing this with the listeners because they probably weren't there. And the book had all of the icons and it had all their information in it. And I don't know about you, but what I did was we were trying to get booked on their shows. Before it started, I would go back to the hotel and I'd look at their little bios and think, oh, I could probably be a good match for this person and probably this person, but this person, not so much. Guess what happened? The people that I never thought I'd be a good match with—they're the ones that wanted to talk to me. Isn't
1: that crazy? I know. I know. <laughs> the, same, the same thing happened to me. It's almost like I'm going. I, I wanted to email them. Are you sure? Like I'm. I'm not a millennial. I'm i I'm a. I'm 64 here. But that—that's the beauty of all of us as humans, because we don't know what story we're going to touch with somebody else or our uh how we influence somebody else or how they see our energy or how we see theirs and so that it's a lesson right. and yeah like you said a give lesson. everybody a pass and i'm i'm really excited because i have a
0: couple of millennials and i'm going wow this is Ooh. great they want me <laughs> this is awesome this is great so, t- so I know we're running a little bit, we're getting to the end. So I'd like to know, I know that you do have a free gift, but before we get into that, what's something that you would love to share with the listeners? What would you like to leave them with any, any highlights, any thoughts, what could you give to them? And it could be a couple steps that you'd like to take with them today. Okay.
1: I want to let you out there know that it really, truly is never too late, ever. And I want you to take steps today. Whether you go purchase a book, whether, and Brandy Brown has some good books by the way, whether you uh, um, decide today that you're gonna look into, maybe you have weight to lose, look into a group or go um, to an exercise group, But what I want you to do today is begin to look inside and take care of you, because I know that there's people out there that are hurting, that they have neglected taking care of themselves, and they feel depleted right now. Yes, yes. Yes. And for you out there that feel that. Julie and I have compassion for you. I want you to take steps. I want you to believe that if I can lose 125 pounds, you can do anything. We can do anything we set our mind to. But there is time that passes. And if we continue to let time pass, on, especially on our physical goals, our, our health goals, we will pay the price. And I want you to pay the price. Let's pay the price now. Um, there's an expression, we will we will never change until the pain of re, of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. Yes. And that's what happened to me. The pain of staying the same and remaining anonymous, remaining invisible, not seen, was so great that I wanted to bust out and I busted out. Yes. I bust girl back. And you can do that. So that's my message for you today. And if you go to my website, it's Lorraine Hoving, L-O-R-R-A-I-N-E Hoving, H-O-V-I-N-G.com. Uh, you can get my free gift um, on t- top tips to live an extraordinary life. It's not only to do with weight, but it's to do with our mindset. And I'd love you to pick those up because I believe that Every single person that's listening today is uniquely and
0: intricately created and has a purpose. Awesome, Lorraine. Lorraine. Now, also, do you have coaching that they can take or where can they find you next? Oh, you you know what? I I have not
1: been doing coaching. What I will be doing is speaking. So if you're interested in any of my speaking um, events, I'm going to begin to uh, be uh, putting them online. I also have a speaker's reel. So if you have any kind of event coming up and you'd like to talk to me, I can do retreats. I absolutely love in uh, um being in live and being in front of people and seeing their eyeballs that just that just cranks me
0: up. i love the aha moments it's awesome (laughs) that's awesome now you travel quite a bit for speaking or do you stay in one i'm just beginning to travel and
1: so i'll go anywhere um and a- anywhere. Uh, I, I love it. I love in-person uh, speaking. So. I'm so
0: proud of you. You've done such a good job, Lorraine. Lorraine and I had such a good chemistry when we met, and I just love your vibe. I love everything about you. I'm so proud of you for doing these things, and, and I feel like we're a little bit of kinship because this is my second act, because my first act professionally was just not using my gifts. And I feel like now is the time and there's such a good awakening on the planet. People are really realizing that they have a gift and we all have something special to offer and that, you know, it's time. Like the time is now take that action. As you were saying, go out and get a book, go out and get a coach, go out and get help. Um, If you feel inspired to join weight watchers, whatever it is, but, just start. And it doesn't have to look perfect. It doesn't have to be pretty. It's just that you're taking the one action to get yourself going and get that momentum going. Even if you say just one nice thing about yourself today, even just one thing, I like myself or I feel good in this outfit or I like my hair today, whatever it is, just one thing starts you going in the right path versus all that negative junk that's spinning around But it starts your momentum and the more you do it the more neural pathways the stronger they get and then like you said it's a muscle and you keep on doing it every day and then it gets easier and easier and then you i felt like my shoulders a lot lifted off of me did you feel the same way when you started doing it like it still felt like woohoo this is really working right right and it's a heaviness that is lifted and julie's right
1: say something in the mirror today. I am a beautiful person. I have gifts. I am loving. I am kind. And even if you don't feel that, at some point when you say it enough, you begin to believe it because it is the truth and it will start to resonate with your spirit. And uh, it, it's those baby steps. And and uh, Julie is said it so beautifully it doesn't have to be perfect because nothing is perfect so if we wait for things to be perfect we will never start so don't wait for it to be perfect don't wait for the perfect book i mean go get a book but you don't have to wait for everything to line up i always try to have everything line up and then i would start me too (laughs) Uh, yeah start and then it will it will become apparent what you're supposed to do but waiting for everything to be perfect, it's not going to happen. That's that
0: perfectionism. And, you know, perfectionism can be great, but it can also work against you because then you just wait and everything has to be perfect. And then you kind of get hiding again. You're kind of like, that's not good either. So sometimes if you're a perfectionist, like I am trying to get over it, it's a good thing to take um, baby steps and just take an action step. Like you said, one, just one thing, but then one thing, today and one thing tomorrow, and then maybe two things the next day. And then it just builds just like the muscle, like you said. And then before you know it, you're on, you're on your way. Absolutely. The, Absolutely. the world opens to you because now you're creating possibilities. Right. Instead of right. it just being in your mind, it has to be this way. When you do that, it doesn't allow anything else new and great to come in.
1: Right. Right. And suddenly you're it's like the blinders are off your eyes and you see the world so much brighter and so much better because you are are taking care of yourself and taking action. You're in action. When we are sitting in our comfort zone, sitting in our home, isolated, we are not taking action and we're getting uh, more, more depressed and more inward. Get out. If, if, even if for you, you're sitting at home and you need to get out, go out and get a coffee. Yeah. Go out and meet somebody in the coffee line. Maybe buy them a, a cup of coffee. It feels great. When I've done that, it feels so good to know that when they go up to the line, their coffee's paid for. But do something. The idea is not to stay isolated and insulated, uh, is to, to break out. And you know what I want to offer, if any of you need to talk to me or want to email me, for sure, email me if you have any questions. I would just love to uh, chat with you.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Lorraine. So I will have all of Lorraine's links at the bottom, all of her social media, her website. And again, it's her top tips to live an extraordinary life on her website. It's Lorraine, L-O-R-R-A-I-N-E, and her last name is Hoving, H O V I N G dot com. And we'll have all the links below. Lorraine, I can't thank you enough for talking with me. I've been looking forward to this. And I'm so happy that we got a chance to chat. We could chat for hours. But I (laughs) I think that our listeners have a really good idea. And you've given them some great tips. And I really appreciate your time today. So thank you so much for chatting with me. And I'm so happy that you're busting out and conquering the world and helping people. It's awesome. It's so inspiring. So thank you thank, so much.
1: Thank you, Julie. And remember out there, it is never too late, ever. ever.
0: <laughs> thank you, Lorraine. Thank you. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye.